What a weird-ass weekend, John. There was lightning and rain Saturday morning, and then it turned out to be sunny and 95 when the game started. K-State lost, and Kegney won. Uh, I saw President Linton at Walmart today, uh, and it also rained today, but in like a very, it seemed very specific to Manhattan because it was pretty much like there was no clouds except like right on top of us. So I think it's just kind of representative of our little rain cloud we have going us because we're just it's just very painful but john no. if I, if there no. is if i could if i could just bring one bright spot over this weekend i got a really very sweet note from one of the trombone players in the band if you don't know i worked the wireless cam down on the field and i i got a note from her i know it's in backwards john you can read this oh that's fantastic yeah. no it's no it's, per- it's perfect the way it is it says I, my favorite I, cameraman and then i got a little card it says it's got a taco on it. It says taco about amazing. And it says, thank That's you up. for always sharing the trombones. Uh, I don't know. That's on the jumbotron. We have so much fun. And I love how you catch these moments and share with the, the whole stadium. Keep up the great work. Go cats, go bones. And uh, Alicia, thank you so much for the message. That, that was really sweet. And I had made my weekend a little bit better after that real tough loss. So. If I could, I'd just bring one little silver lining to a pretty crappy weekend. But, but trombones are, I, I played trombone back in Oh, yeah. School, so uh, shout out to them. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the, band, the band gets a lot of love from, from us um, on this podcast. Um, I, I really pour the love towards the trombones, though. Like they're, the, they're really the ones that, that shine the most. <laughs> you but, know, the, the trumpets are the in the saxes, you know. They're the they're the egomaniacs who just get the melody all the time. The, the, the trumpets, especially, like oh, on. the trumpets. Yeah. Oh, you know, as a sax player myself, John, we can definitely just team up on the trumpets and just the worst, the worst. But um, I think <laughs> you did you did miss um you did miss last night. There was um seventy mile per hour winds that forced the tornado sirens to go off in Manhattan. Oh I yeah, like, I heard about that. I was just like, oh, geez, this is the afterwaves of what of what happened today. Um, but my goodness, it was it, it it was a complete stunner. It's, it, this was a result that you and I were definitely not expecting on Friday night, without a doubt. And just ultimately not a good look either. Oh, John, I really we if I wanted to be make us look really bad, I could throw in some sound bites of us just like you know, me talking about how this is K-State's last freebie of the season and our score predictions being like, you know, two touchdowns and talking about Mizzou, how they were two, or not Mizzou, not Tulane were two and 10 last year and, you know, playing terrible FCS teams. I, I, I don't really know what to say. Let's, let's just first, before we get into the game at all, let's just take this to acknowledge and give all the credit in the world to coach Willie Fritz and the Tulane Green Wave. They had a hell of a game plan. We totally got outplayed. They deserved to win that game 100%. If we had won the game somehow, I would have said the same thing. We would have just gotten lucky, and they still would have deserved to win the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want any of our complaining about K-State to take anything away from Tulane. They were the better team. They deserved to win on Saturday. So just give all the credit in the world to them. Yeah. Um, so getting into this game, John, set it on the whip around and on our show. This game was about tying up loose ends, or it was supposed to be. Um, and instead of tying up loose ends, we now have more loose ends not tied than we did before. And now we're going on the road to face number six, Oklahoma. 
John, we were talking about it before we started recording. Emo Twitter was it was an absolute war zone. People have turned on Colin Klein after one game. They want Rubley to start next week or, you know, Martinez to get benched. They're saying that K-State, they're done watching K-State football and they're waiting for basketball season. And Iowa State is obsessed with a bridge. Uh, it's just, it, the streets are on fire right now. I, I don't know what's happening. Um, I'm personally on Twitter at ShakeEmLake785 where you can follow us. I've We've been fairly inactive. I don't really know how to jump in on conversations like that. I try to keep it fairly positive, but it was it was absolutely insane after that game. Now, there was a possibility that Tulane would set up as a trap game, you know, like how everything lied on the schedule. You you get a big win over your former rival in Missouri, and then you got Oklahoma. That was just announced that you're going to have a big game at 7 p.m. Uh, on, on national television on Fox. So, I mean – I don't necessarily know if it's if K-State was overlooking them, but I mean, of course, you're gonna have a you were going to have a two lane game that I mean, not two lane team. Oh my goodness, I'm in so much pain. This two lane team just came out all cylinders firing. Um, they limited they limited the run game. Deuce Vaughn only had 81 yards. Um, they limited Adrian Martinez's capabilities while they was running and passing, um, and then they they capitalized on the offensively when they needed to on offense with Michael Pratt. Uh, he really stepped up as a leader uh, late in the game for Tulane. Um, but, oh, man, I, I'm trying not to take anything away from Tulane, but this was this was just really bad. But, but the offense was just the, – the offense was just really what we haven't seen. I mean, maybe the, te- maybe the Texas game under Courtney Messingham in 2017, but – I mean, this is this is just a bad look, and I understand a lot of the frustrations coming from K State Twitter. Uh, I was I was kind of the ones I was like, oh man, I don't want to get into too much, but I'm f- kind of feeling the same way as some of the as some of them when it comes to some of the decisions that that have been made. But um, you know that that's just part part of the game. You're going to witness a lot of mistakes. Um, you're uh, there's going to be a lot of criticism uh, coming around. And especially kind of once when if you're even the better team, uh, that's going to be the it's like the higher you are, but the, the harder you fall. It's, it's that kind of saying. And K-State was riding high after that Missouri game. They were looking to kind of get into the top 25. Tulane was Tulane beat uh, UMass and Alcorn State. Didn't didn't look didn't look all that impressive too much on film, but. You know, they, they come up for these games, and they always put up one heck of a fight, and they, they, took, it to us. they, they took it to us yesterday. Yeah, I mean, John, there, there's a lot of angles you can take when you're going to look at this game. Um, I'm just going to start with the start of the game. Just a yeah. terrible, terrible, just unacceptable start to the game. Two offsides, could have been a third on Felix if that wide receiver didn't go before him just look super sloppy. You know, they allow, you know, uh, two lane punts, but they flip the field one around five yard line. And then KT Leviston gets a false start on a third and eight when we're already in our, at our own, like four yard line or something. I mean, first of all, I don't know what our snap count was, but if you're at your own four yard line, just make it on, make it as simple as possible. Cause the, you know, you have so much uh, actually 
actually that logic can be kind of flipped around if you're deep in your own territory because you don't have that much to lose and you can gain a free five yards. But still, early in the game on third and eight, the jump off sides, it's just so demoralizing. And we just looked, you know, at the first play of the game, John, we go try to, you know, get Adrian Martinez in a rhythm on a little out route to Phillip Brooks, goes wide, terrible first possession. Um, it's interesting that you brought up the Texas game last year. It reminded me of the Baylor game last year a little bit more. Um, yeah. The fact that our defense kind of was trying to carry us um, and we just couldn't get anything going offensively. Now, obviously, Baylor's defense was incredible and they were at Skylar Thompson's throat the entire game. But I just that start of the game, two offsides and a false start really rubs you the wrong way as a K-State fan when we pride ourselves on not shooting ourselves in the foot things like that. And then, um, I mean, let's go. One of the big, the big stat really, John, you see from this game, three of 20 on third and fourth down combined, absolutely unacceptable. And I believe I saw we had 11 um, third and shorts or fourth and shorts. And we only capitalized on one of or two of them. I mean, it's just, it is so, so frustrating, John, to see third and two, third and one, third and three, fourth and one, and you can't get a freaking yard. It's just absolutely unacceptable. And I, be, and I believe, kind of like what um, Tim Fitzgerald said um, on his post-game video, um, I believe four out of the five plays were based on shot, uh, shotgun snaps, um, in which you had Deuce Vaughn or DJ Gittens in the back. You, you get the ball if you're Adrian Martinez. You hand it off. Two lanes going to come, come riding at you, either that or you just simply can't keep your feet up and, and you just kind of fall to the ground. And um, ultimately, it's just really, really disappointing to see. Um, I mean, because typically we, we've been we've been accustomed to seeing Chris Kleiman go going for it on fourth down, and for the most part, he's been successful. But I believe Owen eighty was on fourth down. Um, it, it just ultimately felt like just a lot of lost lust luster overall. I mean, we didn't need to show much overall against Missouri. I mean. Sh- it felt as if we didn't need to show too much against South Dakota and maybe Missouri at times. But it's like we showed everything that was bad about our offense and fully embraced it against Tulane. I mean, it, it was just it was just a bad look overall, man. Yeah, it's it makes no sense that, you know, the huge storyline for the first two weeks is the passing game, <clears throat> excuse me, an art of inability to throw it downfield. And the whole time, you know, Coach Klein and Adrian Martinez and Coach Kleiman are all, you know, we're just, we were saving stuff, you know, the conditions and the fact we had a big lead in the first game. We got a ton of stuff, you know, in the tank. And then we come out here when we were offensive struggling, we really need to get it going and we cannot get it going at all. It was just check down city, check down after check down after check down. Um, while we're kind of talking about the third and fourth down efficiency, what were your thoughts on our, our, pretty aggressive um, mindset this game about going for it on fourth down. It's complicated. I, I think, well, seeing some of the first conversions overall, is like, okay, we've, we've seen coach climbing go for on fourth down. I don't see anything wrong with it. it. It's, it's not necessarily that I'm against it. It's the formations and the, and the type of setups that we have. I mean, a lot, a lot of K-State fans are pointing this out. How, how, how hard is it to not have a, a quarterback sneak at, at one point or another? I, I, I barely saw that, little to non-existent. And, it, and every time, I mean, to, like, give Tulane credit in the world. 
limited the heck out of a run game. Every time Deuce Vaughn got the ball on a fourth down, things just ultimately went wrong. And especially for, for some of the K-State offense's sake, it didn't necessarily help that Vaughn was also dealing with craps in the middle of the game as well, just ultimately leading to kind of a kind of a ripple effect. Uh, DJ, DJ Gittins, he was pretty serviceable at times, but um, that, that run game was not going. And, and when K-State needed, needed the most, especially on those fourth and shorts, um, Colin Klein and, and, and Coach Kleiman, they weren't able to manage the play calls the way many K-State fans and probably Bill Snyder somewhere were imagining. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, just, they just fell out flat. I just want to say Bill Snyder watching this game and we're going for it in the first quarter or something on fourth and one at our own 30. Like he, he has to be so mad. He'd probably, he'd probably, he'd probably be escorted out he, of it. He'd probably be escorted out of a press box. That would never, that would never happen <laughs> in the Snyder era on our own 30. It doesn't matter what, I mean, so it, it's really interesting because, you know, that Texas game, what kind of was the last straw for K-State fans, at least, with Courtney Messingham was fourth and one, you know, first we're in the wildcat and we don't get it. And then we run speed option instead of a quarterback sneak with our six, four, you know, two ten Will Howard quarterback. And what do we do on fourth and one with Adrian Martinez run speed option, get absolutely stuffed. You have to give credit to Tulane, their linebacker. Um, I think it was Nick Anderson. I want to say he played that really, really well. He slow played it kind of forced Adrian to hesitate pitching it, which he should have done. Um, as soon as possible. But um, on the fourth downs, I want to give you uh, like a specific example. Um, our first possession of the second half, uh, we start out pretty strong, big run from Deuce Vaughn. I think we hit an outside pass to, uh, oh, we almost had a big play. Sorry. I was hit. We almost had a big play to Phillip Brooks, but he got, he just had a foot out of bounds, but it's fourth and eight on around the two lane 40 um, in our first possession of the second half, we're up 10 to seven. Our defense is looking really strong on fourth and eight. I mean, we can't get fourth and two. I think in that situation, I disagree with going for it. I would just punt it, pin them deep. Um, Cause I think I saw Tulane had five drives that started at their own 40 or better. That's just going to make, and the fact our defense still only gave up 17 points, that is like nothing short of a miracle. And, you know, we yeah. still had two turnovers. I've, there's there's so many things to talk about going through my mind. You got to give the defense a ton of credit um, and everything they did. But on this on this fourth and eight first possession of the second half, really don't like going for it. Really do not like going for it there. Um, but I I respect the aggressiveness though. But it just that specific situation it didn't it didn't sit right with me. I think we really. I mean, you you said it. You said more 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 times enough. And I think you you may need a. Uh, add more on to it, especially, I mean, for the defense's sake, they're, they're, they're staying on the field for as long as they can because K-State's offense can't find any way uh, to, to, to pass the line of scrimmage, and, and they just continue to keep keep uh, stepping themselves uh, on the foot at times, and it's just, it, it's just not been working, and which ultimately, typically it would lead to a defense getting gassed and exhausted Maybe we kind of saw that on the last, but um, on the on the last uh, touchdown position by possession by Tulane, but they 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 got their they got their A game. Um, they were really the ones who who kept K State in it for the most part. 
he had some ugly penalties early on, but overall they they were really the ones that kept K State in it. The offense was just really shooting themselves. Yeah, I mean, not to mention the fact that the reason we had the lead going into halftime was because of a Daniel Green interception and a huge return that gave it to like our own 20 yard line. And um, I think Cole was the one, you know, there, there was that play with like 10 seconds left where we passed it and Balik Knowles looked wide open on that wide out open. Route. Oh my gosh. I mean, but he was right there. I, from what, from what I saw, I couldn't see too far. I, I was in the first row of a student section. So I was, it was kind of behind all the two lane players on the sideline. I can't tell if he was, if it was either overthrown or if it was just thrown and no, nowhere near the proximity towards Malik Knowles. And I mean, I'd be, I'd be pretty furious if I, if I was Malik Knowles There's, and a few of the other wide receivers, it's just been a lot of good good looks at opportunities, but they were just never able to convert. And it part of it is likely due to the fact that Adrian Martinez just did not have his A game on. He and 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 a lot of people are are really like pointing out, hey, Jake Rubley should be the starter. At least he's looking a little more accurate. It's not that it's not that I don't have a problem with Adrian Martinez being the being the non-starter and starter overall. He is playing way too conservative uh, lately. The, 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 furthest, the, the, the furthest pass that he completed was to Cade Warner for a touchdown. Um, but Which was a great I, throw. I, it, was a, it was a great throw, but, uh, oh, man, I can't, I, I can't remember how many yards. It was 21 yards. 21, that, was his, yeah. that was his furthest pass of a day. I mean, he. I mean that 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 is the one problem, and and Chris Kleiman mentioned it in his press conference. He has really got to get a lot more loose in this system. I mean, I mean, I think at this point, honestly, you could take a turnover or two if you're K State, as long as you're actually moving the needle um, more and more when it comes to the passing game. And it's just, <laughs> it looked as if Oklahoma could have been the game where Adrian Martinez shows more of what many K-State fans were expecting. I thought personally we were going to kind of uh, – I thought we were going to kind of keep it to our towards our gut for the most part against Tulane. Um, but Tulane proved that – Tulane proved that that was not necessarily the case. They came in. They came in. They wanted to pressure K-State all they can, um, and especially Adrian Martinez. And, I mean, what's crazy um, coming out of this game – the stat line didn't even look too bad for Adrian Martinez. I mean, 21 at 31, 150 yards. Um, but the main problem is the longest pass was 21 yards. I mean, you just got to do a lot more to to just move the needle for K-State offensively and not having to depend too much on the run game to do your stuff, especially when you're going to see a lot more teams, not just too lame, but – Everybody in the Big 12 take notice of Deuce Vaughn, and they're going to try and look, pin them down almost often all the time. You can't just be that one factor. You have to create a lot more vibrance. I thought they did a great job getting DJ Gittins in a few a few times, but you, I mean you you get you just got to bring a lot more. You just got to have a lot more options out there. That that's that's as that's as simple as I can put it. Yeah, on that on that Adrian Martinez stat line, I mean, you mentioned it. It looks okay. The 4.8 yards per pass is obviously not great. But when you look at the QBR, 41 is not great. And then you look at Michael Pratt, who 
who had a uh, – why does ESPN just want to play ads? I, for, I just muted it. Anyway, sorry, I got off track. Michael Pratt, 13 of 26, a lower completion percentage than Adrian Martinez, only a few more yards, uh, had two picks as well, still had a higher QBR than Adrian Martinez just because he, he was actually able to pass it downfield. And then mm-hmm. also, I mean, part of those reasons, I think, that we weren't able to convert on third and those third and fourth and shorts is because we ran the ball every single time. And I think Tulane knew that they loaded the box and they were just had a numbers advantage. I know on one of them, I had written down that there was kind of a missed block by Sammy Wheeler. Um, for some reason we had KT Leviston and Cooper baby doubling one person. So obviously that person is just out of the play, but Sammy Wheeler was left on an Island and that I think his guy actually ended up making the play to stop us there, but it's just, it's just really frustrating to watch when, I mean, think about this, John, how many like times did Adrian Martinez actually even try to thread the needle on a throw, make an aggressive throw, you know, try to make a throw in the traffic. He didn't really, all of his throws were checkdowns or just guys who were wide open. He didn't really have to make an NFL throw at all. He wasn't, I didn't seem like he was willing to make an NFL throw at all. It wasn't a time thing. He had plenty of time in the pocket. Um, I can't remember how many times he got sacked or anything like that, but it's just, just hesitancy, reluctance. I don't know what it is, but it's, it, it has to be fixed. And especially for Adrian Martinez. I mean, you're coming into K-State wanting to further prove that you are NFL caliber, trying to get away from that turnover, turnover, uh, turnover over at Nebraska. Um, but it, but it hasn't necessarily worked out. The, the, the best opportunities are either, um, just froze over to the left or right side of the field, and it's just not overall the the biggest com- uh, yardage completions that we've seen, and and possibly even worse than that. So I, I look at it from a passing perspective as like we have got to do a lot more, or or else we're going to really struggle um, in Big Twelve play w- when it comes to that regards. And when it kind of goes to the running game on crucial third and fourth down calls. It just kind of gives me some of the vanilla play calling that I that we've seen from Bill Snyder back in 2018, where we're just kind of running the ball um, on the second and third downs. We're just not doing too much. That's that's too flashy and everything. I was, I mean, look, you you and I were talking about a lot during the off season. We were expecting a lot more, a, a, a little more just flashy offense from from k-state it looked as if we were getting from that from the lsu game but i think you also have to put into account that one of the main key contributors to that flashy offense versus lsu he's over in miami we're now dealing with a whole different setup uh, at qb um one who's not one who's not wanting to take any more risk than he has to when it comes to turnovers and that and that's just interest and that's just interesting to me, because for 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 let's because what's weird, Adrian Martinez he hasn't had any turnovers when it comes to the passing game, no interceptions, but it's still not enough. I mean, he's not he's not taking further risks down the field. He's not he, there's not been too many wide receivers open, which I guess is kind of on their part as well. Um, the offensive line has got to step up a lot as well. Um, they they just didn't they just did not come prepared against Tulane's D line uh, all around and um, the, the fullbacks and tight ends they were not doing their part either they they were just 
it, it was just a they just it the majority of the offense just came out really flat. Yeah, when it comes to the deep ball stuff, it's either that our receivers can't win in one-on-one coverage or we're just actively making a choice to be more conservative offensively. I'd imagine it's the latter of the two that we're just trying to be more conservative because that's just kind of how we've always been. It, it just seems like we're always playing not to lose. You know, we're never trying to make the big play and score a bunch of points. We're just trying to manage the game when we really, you know, really – there's a time and a place to manage the game. There's a time and a place to be really aggressive and take some shots. You know, even just, we didn't take one shot the entire game because we never got a, that's another, we didn't really ever get ahead of the chains either. We didn't have a second and one where it can be like, Hey, you know, this is a chance for us to take a shot here because worst case scenario, it's third and one. And that's a gimme. We would get, you know, second and fives and things like that, but we just couldn't get anything going on first down either. It's just, oh, <laughs> I mean, everything about our offense sucked, John. Uh, it's interesting you bring up yeah, go ahead. And, and like I said, this is not I'm I'm not trying to not get anything on Tulane, but Tulane is the type of team, along with all the other group of fives in the FCS, that you gotta take some shots on. Um get more opportunities, more reps before before you get into the gauntlet that is Big 12 football play. I mean, you just gotta you gotta take risks. Yeah, I mean, you just gotta take rest. Sorry, sorry that I interrupted, but I mean that 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 is that is a like I'm w- w- I'm pointing out the obvious right here. I it just it just baffles my mind that we were able to screw it up this badly. If if I were to able to sit in front of Adrian Martinez and Coach Klein, I would tell him to rewatch the Oklahoma game from last year. Because I think if their plan is to try and just be conservative and nickel and dime people and, you know, maybe make a big play every once in a while, the Oklahoma game from last year, I think, is the blueprint to do it. And, I mean, when you brought up Skylar Thompson, the thing that immediately came to mind is, like, I don't think we realized, like, Skylar Thompson, based on what I saw against Oklahoma compared to what I've seen from Adrian Martinez so far, is Skylar Thompson is a far superior quarterback to Adrian Martinez. Again, Mm -hmm. based on what I've seen so far, you know, obviously I didn't watch him all four years in Nebraska or anything like that, but Skylar Thompson, you know, he just, he was poised in the pocket. He was willing to make tight throws. He was willing to take shots. Um, even on an injured leg, he could still, you know, go through his reads, make a check down when he need to, you know, it was easy offense. We ran some really cool plays. We tried to do a little like fake. It was like kind of like that fake power play we ran earlier, go over the top to Sammy Wheeler. It didn't quite work out on in the play on that where uh, against Oklahoma, but I think that's the blueprint. If you go back and watch that OU game, that is the blueprint that I think K-State is trying to go for to score points on people. We ended up losing the game, obviously, but I think offensively it was one of the best performances from Skylar Thompson. But uh, how, how that translates back to this game, just that's what I'd like to see going forward. But I, I don't even know what to expect against OU. Like, it's just so weird because, you know, there's the 2020 game where we lose to Arkansas State and then we go and beat OU. Like college football is just, it's just the weirdest thing. You, you've mentioned a couple of times that we're getting, you're getting 2007 vibes from this college football season. So you never really know what can happen. Oh my goodness. What, what, what we really need out of, uh, out of the offense is fine. Not as uh, Notre Dame offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. I mean, if you saw, if you saw the Twitter <laughs> that, that's been going around, I mean, he was on the phone with, uh, um, the Notre Dame's quarterback, I think Drew Drew Payne or something like that. Um, I, I I'm not sure. Notre Dame has a terrible quarterbacks 
as a terrible quarterback room. But um, I mean, I think they put out. I think NBC put out a video of the of a room. He just he just yelled, "Do your effing job." Uh, the whole the whole beeping team is counting on you and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean that that's pretty much that's pretty much what I look at Adrian Martinez. He's got the leadership cap- capabilities. He's been in these type of games where it's not really panned out really tight close games you just got to capitalize overall and you got to make bold moves you got to make big plays we haven't seen that so far and and if this continues down the road there's gonna be a lot of teams and i'm and i'm terrified of oklahoma like five ways i mean we haven't talked about oklahoma their defense just absolutely ripped nebraska to shreds um that that game i'm just absolutely terrified for um, just just now looking at this uh, I mean just now um, uh, just after this two lane game but uh, it, it is it is disappointing we're to this point you know a lot of people are saying k-state possibly a dark horse one of the darlings to win to possibly contend for a big 12 title it it, it took it today took a hit really but um, you know it's it's a new path now you start off conference play um, you're O and O. Um, you just got to make something big happen now. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, we're zero zero in conference play, so you can still, you know, I mean, think about 2003 losing to Marshall early on. You, you, I think you, we lost um, two in a row to start out Big 12 play. Then you run the table, you know, go and win a Big 12 title. You know, it's obviously possible, but I, I mean. You know, you got to give respect to Emot Twitter for being very passionate, but maybe we get a little, you know, too in our own heads and kind of feeding into yes. the hype. Because uh-huh. I think, you know, <laughs> this was kind of it, our year. You know, you have it, what what I witnessed from Emot Twitter sometimes is we 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 have the tendencies to to put, get ourselves into way too much expectations, and while and while those are definitely the case for the football team. You gotta, you gotta know. Um, there, there are many, there are many ways teams can can lose, and, and especially for some of the teams that take bigger upsets. You know, Michigan, Appalachian State. Everybody talks about Michigan, number five team in the country, loses to App State. This whole, this whole mess with Texas A&M, they lose to App State, and all, and, and all these big upsets. We, I mean, we. K-State, K-State fans at times really needs a real reality check. I mean, there, there's no other way to put it. Um, I, I, I love him on Twitter, by the way, so don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I mean, we just got it. We just got to find our footing. Um, I, I do agree. K-State was definitely one of the big top teams that I was looking forward to seeing in the Big 12 contending for the possibly the one and two spot at, for, in Arlington in December. But at times when, when you, um, but at times you got to look at some of the key stuff that could um, ultimately um, cause you uh, to take a step back. And Adrian Martinez, um, he was one of the cautionary, but yeah, one of the cautionary things right out of, right out of a get-go once when we landed him. Um, and it just hasn't really panned out right now. So um, I, I'm really hoping things can things can really get changed for the better, uh, m- more so for the Oklahoma game. Whether we win or lose, I'm just hoping uh, we get a lot more uh, from Adrian Martinez and especially the 
especially the offensive line. Like, they, they really got to do better when it comes to these late-game situations. They just did not provide an, a lot of juice on Saturday as well. Yeah, this is supposed to be our year, John. You know, junior, you know, uh, Deuce Vaughn, junior, Felix Andudike, Uzama, preseason Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. You know, if he has a good season, he might be a, you know, day one, day two. NFL draft pick, a really experienced offensive line, a generally really experienced team, grad transfer, Adrian Martinez. It doesn't get much better than this, John. And to have a loss, you know, your two touchdown favorite at home this early in the season just really hurts. And what hurts even more is that just such a familiar feeling we have every year with K-State offense is just that feeling of dread, just that we're just grinning and grinding just for every single yard and it just feels so difficult to just get a freaking first down and then you go and you watch Oregon or you know whoever just lighten we're it up what? Oh we're, we're watching we're watching Kansas yeah we're watching Kansas we're watching listen can't I'm gonna be really real and and I'm trying not to offend anybody when I say this Kansas offense is what K-State's offense should be this year. An explosive run game and a consistent passing game. And it's just and it just hasn't worked out. And me, meanwhile, we're just seeing a lot of these schools just rack up so many points. I mean, we 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 scored we scored 40 on Missouri. That's great. Um, but we but, needed we needed a special teams touchdown and four picks in a row where we only scored six points. I mean, you know, 40, a 40 burger is sick, but there's a little context to where our offense isn't quite, you know, they're getting set up with this great field position because of our defense and our special teams. And then, and then the South Dakota game, we should have most definitely scored more than 34 points. Um, we, 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 I mean, in South Dakota, you can do what pretty much whatever you want when you're up 28 to zero. Um, but but you have got to prove a lot more offensively if you want to contend in the Big 12 because now you're running in to not only just a complete offensive gauntlet, but now you're seeing teams that have further proven that they can compete defensively. We talked about Baylor, one of the top defensive lines in the country. Um, they're, they're loaded despite losing to BYU and Provo. Um, Oklahoma under Brent Venables now. Um, you, you always got to point out Texas with all the talent they got. Um, I'm not going to talk about West Virginia or Kansas, but their defenses are just no, uh, no bad. Take the over State, every, every KU game, take the over. Continue. Sorry. You got, you got literally, you got literally, and, and K State has the defenses and they're keeping you in these games. The offense has to prove its part of as well and i'm kind of and i'm kind of not only talking about the passing game but you got to have a little more creativity with how you set things up with a run game dj gittins is giving it all we got when it comes to kind of expecting the unexpected but as as time continues on we're looking more and more at, at what at what's at what deuce Vaughn is and there's gonna be a lot of teams that are gonna just pin them down pretty much like Tulane did like lemoningham to, to less than 90 yards, I mean, 90 yards a game. It's just, it, it, I, I don't want to say, but it's becoming too expected. Like, like we, we were kind of looking back last year um, as in like, oh, uh, everybody's catching up to our system now. Everybody's kind of figuring out 
how to stop our offense. Tulane stopped our offense in game three of a season, man. Uh, I am, I mean, this is, I'm trying not to press but, but the, uh, the alert button here, but um, th- this was, this was mind-bogglingly concerning, dude. I mean, this was just a bad, bad look. Really, really bad. I mean, I, I'm obviously not, you know, I'm not in the, I'm not the one calling the plays. I'm not in the film room, you know, seeing what their strategy is. But to me, it just seems like there's a certain stubbornness to our offensive game plan that we have every single game or it feels like if our game plan doesn't work, then we're just screwed and we just can't ever get anything going offensively. And we refuse to adapt. I mean, going back to that Oklahoma game, we've seen a playbook from that OU game last year. We had never seen before. And it feels like we just like, we just, do we have that in us the whole time? It just is so confusing. It is so confusing to me, John. But um, before I have a couple more things I want to touch on before we put a pin in this. Um, but I think John, we really need to, we need to shout out Cade Warner. First of all, he had himself a great game. He was one of the, you know, lone shining stars on the offense in this game, made a nice one-handed catch and a good move to get a first down, um, had a, took a good hit and made a great catch for the touchdown, a hard lone freaking touchdown of the game and the longest pass of the game, but a great game for Cade Warner, um, one catch for Philip Brooks. We didn't even try to get him in like a bubble screen or, I mean, we tried to run a quick slant on third and four, but it was just a bad pass by Adrian Martinez tried to get him on the first play of the game. Again, another bad pass by Adrian Martinez, but need to see more from the receivers, but you know, good for Cade Warner. Um, uh, we'll, I, we'll touch on Colin Klein's play calling in a second. I want to go to this, the go ahead. I, I I mean, Malik Knowles, he also had a pretty good game as well. Uh, longest reception, 19 yards. Um, but that, that connection would have been just really fantastic. Um, late in the first half, that could have really changed the entire game right there instead of settling for three points. What could have been? What could have been? been? Um, I, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to recover. Uh, a little bit, not only from the loss, but I was just choking so badly. <laughs> <while we're talking. laughs> no, you're fine. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. All right. I know um, near the end of the game, our last drive of the game where we need a touchdown, I believe it was third 13. There was some criticism of our shuffle pass that we ran. Um, I put it down as definitely questionable. Um, I understand you know, Klein and Kleiman's philosophy that they're not trying to get it all. They're trying to not trying to get 13 yards in one play when they're going to use four downs anyway, if they got it to a manageable one. But I mean, KT Leviston wasn't in the game at that point. I'm pretty sure our O-line was not getting a good push and you really need a solid O-line to run a play like that. The defense just totally gets baited, which we already ran that play before. So I doubt they would get fooled that hard. So I think it was a questionable call. I would have liked something a little simpler and easier you know just to get our receivers in space and get some yak um but uh i'm not a fan of that but i i did i was i was leaning towards punting on that fourth down instead of going for it just how our defense was trying to flip the field who knows get a punt return because that's probably was our best form of offense um i was a fan of punting what about you 
what were your thoughts on kind of our how we um, called those last couple plays near the end of the game? I mean, especially on a fourth and eight, there was no other way to there was no other way to do it. I mean, you just you, you got to go for for what was one of the smarter plays and and just take the punt overall. Um, but but ultimately, the 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 last the last few calls of a game offensively were just. I mean, they, they were just they were just completely bad. I mean, of course, you get two lane. Um, they they pretty much they pretty much seal the game on what K State on what K State fans were all anticipating for for at least some portions of a game on 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 third and fourth and short. Uh, of course, with the QB sneak with Michael Pratt taking it in, shaking up shaking up afterwards, but he got up and just taunted the fan base right afterwards. <laughs> Um, but just the, the, the ending of the game, especially offensively, pretty much summed up K-State's performance, well, especially offensively as a whole. Yeah, and near the end of the game was when you started to hear the boos, too. That was yeah. – that shuffle pass especially, like, you – I don't I don't think I've heard audible boos at the Bill in a long time. I, I, I would say the worst attempt of the afternoon – um, but yeah, men, men around, around, uh, around the middle of the fourth quarter, Martinez, he, I, th- I think he did say he failed to pit, pitch the ball on bond on the option, uh, and he, losing four yards. I mean, that, those were some, those are a lot more booze than I was anticipating. And honestly, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, they, they were kind of deserved and, not not towards private players, but the play calling. I mean, it was just you. You can't have that. You, you honestly can't have that. Yeah, I I could say for a fact now that my job on the sidelines trying to get shots of fans after big plays is a lot harder when they're they're booing and we have no big plays. So, um, and then yeah. I I just want to go try, and you could try getting me in the front row, but I'm just going to be extremely disappointed. Well, I don't think I don't think we would take my camera just to get sad fans. I don't think that's exactly good for for the fan experience. But you got to give credit okay. to Tulane on that fourth and one quarterback sneak, put the game in their own hands. You know, going against a big Power Five team like K State, just putting the game in your own hands, going for it on fourth and one. Almost had him on that quarterback sneak. He didn't get the push until maybe a second after he snapped the ball, then went over, and they obviously just kneeled it out from there. Um, so let's let's start with this, John. How how much of the game would you put on Colin Klein's play calling, in your opinion? But what would you do? You want to do it like from a scale of one to ten or something like that, or sure, you want to give me a grade. For Colin Klein's performance, I'm gonna have to go with, with um, anything anything less than C minus at this point. I mean, it, it's not it's not necessarily that it's not news necessarily. Well, you, you losing the two lanes defense. It was the way you lost to two lanes defense, especially on especially on so many opportunities in which you can convert over the line of scrimmage, man. It was just, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it, you just got to do a lot better. I mean, th- third and three, I mean, j- j- just hear, hear all these uh, uh, 
hear all these opportunities that K-State failed to convert on. Uh, I'm looking at Wabash Cannonball on Twitter, and I, I mean, you, you look, look here, here all this. You got third and three, fourth and one. You got two, three and twos, fourth and two, three, three third, third and three, and fourth and one as well. I mean, it, it was just, it was just absolutely horrific. And the fact that you can't even convert on all of those, I mean, you you got a lot of problems to fix. Yeah, I mean, if I could just play devil's advocate a bit here and try to kind of defend Colin Klein a little bit, like the game definitely did not go as he was expecting it to go from the get-go. I mean, being pinned deep at your own five-yard line is not how you want to start a game as an offensive coordinator, especially when they probably have their first, probably not their first series, but at least their first few plays scripted. Then you're in your own five-yard line. That definitely changes how you're going to call the game. Um, I don't think Klein was expecting to be in all these like third and short, fourth and short situations. And, you know, to be fair to him, I, we obviously the ESPN cams are too zoomed in to see what the wide receivers routes are running and, and, you know, what Martinez was seeing in terms of going to check downs. I don't know if Klein was, you know, getting guys open and Martinez just wasn't throwing to him. I don't know what it was. I would probably give Klein like a C because those third and short things are just like unacceptable. And I think, I mean, you know, Messingham said it last year that, oh, you know, we're, you know, you expect a team to get two yards, but it's like, just make the game, just simplify the game, run the freaking quarterback sneak. The only time we converted a fourth down was on a quarterback sneak. We were going to do it again, but I think KT Leviston jumped um, for a false start, which then forced us to punt, which was really, really frustrating and just mistakes that K-State teams don't make. We just, we're not, we're not, that's not how we win games. And it's just, just to see us break from our identity like that is really frustrating. Um, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to say we should fire Colin Klein or anything crazy like that. He had a bad game. You know, if we haven't really faced that much adversity this year with our whooping LSU, you know, we won some recruiting battles. We were riding pretty high, beat the crap out of Mizzou, which felt really good. Um, like Kleiman said, this is the first adversity of the year. And, you know, I think this will be a really important OU game to see how they bounce back and kind of what's going to, um, how this this team is going to be defined the rest of the season. And, and like you said, Colin, this, this is this was only Colin Klein's fourth game in the system. There's going to be a lot of growing pains, and uh, for the two lane game, this one, this this one, this one grew uh, uh, some some level of pain that we've that we haven't seen in a in a hot while uh, for K State fans. But y- you know. You 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 learn to you learn to get better at, at times, right? Um, some some of the plans that don't figure out ultimately did get a little repetitive during the two lane game, which really just drove everybody in it, at the stadium insane at times. Um, just in a mental just in a mental perspective, but um, uh, hopefully everything, especially when it comes to the third and fourth down conversions. Um, hopefully everything just kind of gets in a, in a little bit of a new rhythm uh, and hopefully there's more lessons that can be learned throughout instead of making the same mistakes uh, like we saw um, against Tulane. Yeah, I, I think one of the hardest things as an offensive coordinator, at least I would imagine, is those in-game adjustments because it's something you can't really practice. It's just something you got to be able to see and have the confidence in, in yourself to make those adjustments and try something different and, you know, get out of your comfort zone and go off script. 
you know, our offensive game plan shouldn't be like the Schlieffen plan, you know, totally inflexible and uh, unable to change, you know, for that's a, that's a pretty, uh, that's not a deep historical reference, but anyway, it's a historical reference, but um, just, I just think we refuse to make adjustments in game. Something I'd like to see against OU. Um, uh, do you have any more thoughts on this game, John? Cause I think I'm about, I'm about done with my ranting. I'm a little surprised you didn't run enough, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> after the game, uh, I, I I went back to my car, and uh, I mean, I was, I was, I was, I, I, was, I was just, I, I was, at, at some points, I was losing it. I, I mean, I wasn't like Ace trying to, really <laughs> trying to keep, Ace from the Ag, Aggie, Aggieville Alley Cats, like, he, I was trying to not to, go off that big but i mean i was i was mad af- after that game we should K- k-state should have not lost that game best down in a big opportunity uh and now you're now you're staring at um potentially two and two start with with oklahoma this upcoming weekend yeah john personally when i like am mad which obviously i was very it was very frustrating i really like i'm not i don't like put it into words i'm just like mad and i'm just gonna like curse so it's not really it really doesn't translate that well to podcasting so that that's that's the best way i do it and and i know for you for your six to my six um especially when especially while we're, we're we're still doing a talk show um, starting a podcast and all that when we grow up to be professional sports commentators kind of like why Thompson and Stan Weber like I I just kind of think like oh my gosh how do they how do they just stay on track so mentally like, oh John if, if I'm if I'm stay if, if if I'm Stan Weber at times like I, I don't know I, I don't know I, 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 John let me give you an example all right <laughs> All right, for the what type, um, what, what, a good example or a bad example? Oh, a, a, a bad example. Over the summer, of uh, our announcer for the baseball team I interned for was like he. You have to give him credit. He was so passionate about the team. He was just totally invested. But when things weren't going well, he he, he was such a homer. He would get so pissed at stuff. <laughs> There's times he would he would throw things, you know. So um, announcers. <laughs> He, the announcers definitely um, show frustration uh, in, for games. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I um, ah. I'm I'm still um, I'm still think so. High school high school basketball game when I uh, final year in high school, me and my buddy were doing high school commentary. Um, did played it played against um, I believe Emporia High School is Manhattan and Emporia. Uh, girls basketball we could not manage to get a rebound after after Emporia misses a free throw and like we saw three times in a row Emporia got an offensive rebound and <laughs> my my buddy just loses it and, and accidentally uh, yells out a cuss word uh, out of a third time I mean like that was the one that broke the that was one last straw that broke the camel's back oh thing, but um, ultimately, I just hope, I just hope sometime, uh, any any t- any type of performance, kind of like, kind of like K State p- pulled out against Tulane, we can avoid all that. I know, I know it's not always sunshine and rainbows, but 
I mean, you don't want that to be what, to happen as your worst case scenario. Yeah. You know, before we move on to going around the big 12 and recapping volleyball and soccer, let's just, let's end on a positive here um, on how ama- our defense was truly amazing. I mean, like, right. Cannot, I know it's, you know, we have to talk about the offense and how frustrating that was, but you know, the defense wasn't perfect. We gave up some big passes, some big runs, but like that's, I mean, we can't just shut out and only give up six points basically to two teams. I mean, that's just not realistic. A stellar performance, two interceptions, one almost pick six by Drake Cheatham. That's, I mean, that's a big what if, and that Malik Knowles touchdown, possible touchdown as well. Um, but yeah, the defense looked really great. Um, we want to send our thoughts to Nate Matlack. Hopefully he is okay. That would be a huge loss if he would be out for uh, any certain period of time. Wishing Matlack nothing but the best moving forward. Um, I would also I would also have to give a lot of kudos to the special teams as well, um, particularly Ty Zetner. Um, he has been looking really good lately. 298 yards on his punting. Uh, is averaged 42.6 yards per uh, per punt. Um, had had three, I believe, three punts inside inside the 10 yard line. I, I believe that was. Um, but ultimately, he had he had a pretty dang he had a pretty good day, forcing Tulane back in that offense to to really move move down the field. Um, and you also had Chris Tennant uh, also getting a field goal as well. Kind of one not in I would say not familiar in his range. Um, get, it was good to see him get get in a field goal as well uh, to end the first half. So um, special teams, uh, they played pretty they played pretty good today. Defense, but but the defense, uh, of course, looked great great as well. Yeah, I knew I knew that third and fourth quarter with how our offense was looking. I knew we would need a non um, offensive touchdown to, to, to get in, to get, like you know win this game. And unfortunately, I believe Philip Brooks had no punt returns, just all fair catches. And uh, Malik Knowles only had one kick return. So they really took out that phase of the game, which obviously we thrive in. So, I mean, that's credit Tulane to that. That's, you know, just something that we weren't able to capitalize on. Um, so I think with that, John, uh, I don't think I have any more ranting to do. Uh, hopefully in a few days we can take a deep breath and, you know, properly prepare for OU uh, as fans and players. <laughs> it's gonna be on primetime and fox so you better we better put up a good performance or if we if we get whooped against ou i do not want to be on emo twitter that's that may be a time to take a little break oh man but we'll get there when we get there john for now we'll 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 get there when we get there oh oh my goodness (laughs) twitter we're we're Uh, lost away from and from inventing from uh, inventing what West Virginia does best when uh, and that's burning couches and all that fun stuff. So, uh, oh my goodness, dude, it, it's just it, it's been a crazy week all around. <laughs> we, we're back, we're back right to the beginning where it's just been an absolutely hectic week. Oh <laughs> yeah, we we've gone first and, full circle. You, you know what I mean? What what would where what what would be we be without any chaos? That's a good question. That's, that's, that's a, a good question. question. Well, I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Uh-huh. So, so in summary, our offense is terrible, but uh, Chris Kleiman is still our coach. Colin Klein is still our offensive coordinator. 
Adrian Martinez is still our quarterback, and that's what we're working with. So we got to believe in him and stay strong. Our defense is still like top 15 in the country. So we're still going to win a heck of a lot of games. So I think if we can just get a fresh start, this is our wake-up call. You know, we face some adversity, how we're going to respond. So that's what I'm really excited about for the OU game. But uh, for now, we're going to take a quick break, uh, recap games around the Big 12, as well as K-State Volleyball in Houston and K-State Soccer in South Dakota. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. That was just part one, though. If you want to hear us slightly less mad, you can listen to part two where we're going around the Big 12, recapping every game from there, as well as recapping what's been happening with K-State Volleyball and soccer as well. So make sure to check that out. Follow us on Twitter at ShakeAndBlake785. Take our quizzes on Sporkle.com. The link's in the description of this episode. And make sure to leave a rating as well. And catch by 90.